Hello, and welcome to Cue the Creative. This is Tanisha Graham, your host, and I have quite a treat for you today that I think all of our listeners and audience are going to be just find great value in what we are talking about today. I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Christine Pedersen, and she is an educator, an author, a coach. She is a sleep and mindful parenting specialist, which I know all of us need work in mindful parenting, and that is what we're going to talk about today. Christine, just to tell you a little bit about her, she's a highly sought-after yoga instructor. She's also a birth doula. She's certified sleep consultant and mindful parenting educator. She's dedicated to creating a sense of freedom and support for her families. And one of the beautiful things that I think that Christine does is she releases parents from the guilt that we feel. And I know all of us parents have a little bit of guilt. And so she's just going to give us some strategies on how to be mindful parents, which all of that is really heightened right now. So without further ado, let me introduce Christine. Hello, Hello, Christine. Thank you so much for being on. First of all, tell us a little bit about what mindful parenting is. People may be listening to this thinking, I want to be a good parent, but I don't know what it means to be a mindful parent. So can you just explain to the audience what that means? Yeah, it's the ability of parents to notice. So when we talk about mindfulness in meditation, instead of trying to quiet the mind or delete the thoughts, we are noticing the sounds or sights or smells around us. We might be noticing the thoughts that arise as we're attempting to sort of quiet our mind. So mindful parenting is born out of this, this meditation technique. And we go, we move to apply that to our parenting. So we look at our reactions, our feelings, our behaviors. And then we also look at our kids and we really notice without judgment what may be going on that's causing challenges. On the flip side of that, we notice and we pay deeper attention to what's working well so that we can increase and expand our joy in, in addition to problem solving and, and trying to change unwanted habits and patterns. I love it. And you have two young girls. And so this comes from a place in your heart, I'm sure. So tell us a little bit about maybe some struggles that you had and how you you overcame them as a mom. I know I have lots of issues and I, and I catch myself reacting in certain ways. And then you have children who have different personalities, which is hard as well. So tell me a little bit about maybe one struggle that you had to overcome that helped you to be a more mindful parent? I have a long list of challenges. I mean, I really sort of look back at the the days when your one-year-old, right, is exploring things that may not be safe or taking apart your house systematically. (laughs) And, And you start to become frustrated that, like, this other person has their own agenda, their own opinions, their own strong emotions, and just shouting the word no in your face can cause a parent, it caused me to become quite 
agitated. I had an adrenaline rush when I would have to like pin my child in the car seat just to get her in or her, you know, buckled in. Or um, when she would look me in the eyes and shout no or struggle with a diaper change. I mean, it was early. We're not talking about like twos and threes and four-year-olds. We're talking about barely walking children who begin to become independent and how challenging that is for parents who are used to controlling them. So yeah, and I'll tell you, my rock bottom moment was uh, in a a grocery store where we are in a small town and this was a small, small grocery store. And I knew the cashier and I knew all the people in the cafe next to us. And my daughters had just been having a challenge all morning. And um, one of them or the other of them was having a tantrum. And at one point I just lost it. And I, it was literally, I, it was time for me to pay, but I couldn't because one child was laying slayed out on the floor and the other child was like hanging off my clothing. And I just said, I will be back in a minute. And I laid my purse down with all of my groceries in bags. And I drug my children kicking and screaming out to the car. I, I plugged them into their car seats. They're like literally fighting against me. And I just shoved them in and got them in their car seats and slammed the door of the car so hard and then I stood in the street and just screamed I like primal screamed up at the air and (laughs) we've all been there I'm laughing because we've all been on the street and everyone inside the store I'm sure followed me with their eyes out to the car and I stomped back in I'm like (laughs) taking a deep breath and I pay for everything and people are like you're doing okay mama like some days are hard right everyone's super reassuring I've got tears rolling down my face and I get in the car and oh. it's not until I get home to Nisha that I realize that the car door is broken shut. Cause you slammed it so hard. My husband had, it took him a week to get around to fixing it. We had to crawl in the other door and it was like this reminder. Wow. <laughs> of so relatable. Of it really anger. is. I mean, we've all been we there. Have, we have. And it's, so it's really hard. So there. I had to really, really learn that one of my triggers is being in public. And having one of my children misbehaving because it taps something, this deep shame inside that basically says that if I was a good parent, if I was a better parent, if I'd done something differently, my children wouldn't be reacting like children. And that's, that's not helpful, right? That that's actually not true. (laughs) Your kids are going to act like kids. They're going to say and do things that are just unwanted or unhelpful and that's okay. And, but we as parents tend to internalize that. And the minute that like shame hits a chord with us, an old trauma or a voice inside us that says we're not enough or we're not worthy or we are terrible parents, we're failing in some way. It, it becomes a trigger for us and we are, are going to boil over or lose our top or break the car door. Yes. Well, and we've all been there and we've all have those triggers. And I think a lot of us just, we want to be good moms. That's our goal in life. Once you have kids, that's your goal. One of your goals before you have kids, you can have other goals, but once you have children, you just want to be a good mama and you want to know that you're doing the right thing. And then when you literally cannot control their actions. It it gets a little crazy. And so tell us exactly like, how do you think we can help with these tantrums? What have you learned that helps children 
with these tantrums? So I sort of have, when I'm, I'm doing a quick podcast like this and I have an over a sort of an overview of sort of three things, cause I don't want to overwhelm parents. I mean, to tell you, honestly, we okay. could do this work every day, every hour for the, until our kids go off to college and then longer, so right? I mean, we really could do this work. So I have three big words, connection, permission, okay. and reassurance. Those are the three things I want parents to foster more connection, permission, reassurance, not just for themselves, also for their kids and vice versa. If you, you know, foster a connection with your child and give them permission to feel their feelings and you reassure them all the time, that's great, but it's not actually going to change your own toxic shame spiral. You're not going to stop. True. You're not going to be able to stop your own cycles, your own habits and, and routines. So you actually have to do this for yourself too. So I encourage right. parents to um, you know, think about some ways everyone's different, right? Every parent and child duo in every family is different. So I, I really help parents to look to each of their children and think, what's the one way that this child wants to connect with me and how can I let them have more control in the way that we play together, the way that we interact together. So for my kids, they really love a pizza massage where you like knead the dough on their back and then spread the sauce oh, how and cute. they get to decide which toppings they want to put on it. Um, Lots of children just love to read. They love to be able to pick the books. My six-year-old is reading now and she loves to read with me. And I tell you, I have to get really patient and ready to sit down for 20 minutes and listen to her like stumble (laughs) through the words. Right. And I love it so much that if you're not ready to connect, it's, she's going to start feeling your frustration. Right. So finding ways that you and your child can connect throughout the day, it actually doesn't have to be very long, but it does have to be mindful. You do have to say, this is my time for you. Look me in the eye. This is our time together. In 10 minutes, I'm going to make dinner. But we've got to make this next 10 minutes really fun. What do you want to do with just me? Because we spend a lot of time with our kids during the day. It's not mindful. It's not not intentional. So creating intentional time um, for your child. And then you also have to, to find that connection back to yourself as well. We're really great at numbing. We're really great at being busy, distracting. The minute we finish one thing on our list, we dive right into the next. And so one of the questions I'm really sort of helping parents who are struggling in this quarantine time is connecting to themselves because they are not feeling their own feelings. And so lots of my clients are right. doing check-ins with, with friends they over the phone, they're journaling, um, they're, they're doing meditation classes or yoga classes. They're taking mindful walks, just something during the day where they can, even if it's just 10 minutes, intentionally connect more deeply to themselves. We're not noticing our own needs being unmet. And then it's much more easy to just lose it. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we snap because we haven't been taking care of ourselves. That's so true. And You know, I love that you talk about the connection and I can't help but think that this is good for teachers as well as parents. And 
it, it just, it's so important to connect with the kid. And I've learned as a teacher, I'm better at doing that with my students sometimes Absolutely. than my own children, because you get home and you've had to connect with 24 kids or however many children. And then you just want to veg out and that's not good. You have to take those mindful connections. And that's one thing I've learned already today from talking to you is to take that intentional time with your own kids to connect. Like, like, you know, you and I would have done with our well, students yeah, and when I we taught. The, the, here's one thing that you just sort of tapped on is the barrier to mindful parenting is that we go into it thinking that the expectation is we must be mindful 100% of the time. And I actually right. really want you to just be mindful for a very short period of the time with one person. And then you got to get the stuff done. Because if you're not getting the stuff done, there's no way for you to set that aside and then be mindful. You have to have time for yourself to just focus on an activity or a task and cross it off. Like you just have to make dinner. You have to do all these things. So if you, there's an expectation, you're going to be mindful every moment of the day with the people around you in some sort of, you know, um, like beautiful rainbows and unicorns situation, you're just setting yourself up for big disappointment. Again, that disappointment turns into guilt and shame about your parenting. <laughs> That's such good advice because we, we have unrealistic expectations that rob our joy, I'm sure, of, mm -hmm. as parents. And we think then we feel guilty when we've spent three hours doing the laundry, <laughs> but that has yep. to be done. But that the kid, I don't think children have any concept of time but when you just give them a little bit of time, it goes a oh, long yeah. way with them. It goes just a really long way. Just looking them in the eye at the end and being like, that was so much fun. I love doing this with you. Can we do this again tomorrow? And then I yes. will end my mindful time with a question. Now it's time to make dinner. Do you want to come and help me in the kitchen or do you want to go and play with magnetiles? And some, you know, love very it. rarely they will come and help me in uh, most will find something to do, right? But, <laughs> but it's, it, it's sometimes it can be hard to end that time and there will be a tantrum because kids are still longing for parent attention and that's going to tell you something, right? That, that may say, okay, on the weekend, we may need a little bit longer time together. That's good. And I love the transition of the question because it gives them a little bit of control in the decision of what to do next. It and is. That's important and mindful parenting is all about noticing where your kids might be able to absorb more control in their lives. Um, because we want them to learn to be independent and responsible and cooperative little humans that they're, they're becoming right. I love it. Yeah, it's true. So talk about the permission side of it. Is the permission giving yourself permission to take time for yourself? Is that yes, what the permission in a way, comes in? I, I simplify it to be even more. Give yourself permission to feel feelings. And this is for kids and adults, right? So for kids, sometimes with, with small kids, you know, I've got a four-year-old. With small kids, it's actually really just about naming feelings. Um, so she'll come to me and, and I won't quite understand what had happened with her sister or with her dad, but somebody told her no, likely, or didn't want to play the way she wanted to play. And she's unrolling the story and I don't know how she's feeling. So sometimes I'll just say like, it seems like you're really disappointed. Sometimes I have to ask, how'd that make you feel? And she will literally just say the feeling right. and walk off. Like she just needs me to help her name it. Other times she really needs me to like hold her and validate. And actually my oldest daughter needs a lot more validation, right? I feel that way too sometimes. Or you're angry. That's normal. Right. It's okay to scream. It's okay to slam doors. It's okay to throw your stuffed animals off the bed, right? That's okay. That's normal. And 
that just naming things and validating is great. Giving kids permission is really powerful. You don't actually need to do any more than that to solve their problems for them. You don't have to stomp down the hallway and yell at the other child. Um, You don't have to, you don't have to like fix it for them. You can just help them name it and validate it. Right. And, you know, adults are the same way, but much more complicated. We have a lot more baggage. So with adults, we have to give ourselves permission to feel feelings. And sometimes that means having an ally. That means having your partner or a friend who's working on parenting as well, where you can send them a text or give them a, a quick call and just say, oh, my gosh, I'm going down this road again where I can't stop. I can't stop beating myself up for saying this earlier or for wanting to, you know, yell at my kids all afternoon for everything they do. And then you have someone who says to you, just what I said to tell your kids, right? You're feeling angry. You're feeling self-judgment. You're feeling a real lack of compassion for yourself right now. But it's that lack of compassion. It's that you know, self, that negative self-talk that's getting in the way of your ability to connect. So your guilt and shame. So true. So true. Now tell, guilt and shame is huge. (laughs) To overcome. shame immediately dissipates it, right? If you have a friend, and sometimes my husband, uh, like, it's hilarious how many times we've gone down down the same road, right? This is happening. And he's like, yeah, it seems like your guilt and shame is getting in the way of how you'd like to parent today. And then I just, it's like a light turns on and I take a deep breath and he's like, you're a great mom. <laughs> and then we're done. And then we're oh, done. I right love back it. in the game. Right. But that's ha- like, he knows <laughs> exactly. I need that. And he knows that it's a lot easier for him to just give me that those like literally five words of reassurance than it is to be like, well, why right. don't you just do this? Why don't you just tell him that? Why don't you do, you know, we want a really prescriptive, like, here's how to solve the problem. One, two, three you know, problem solving technique. And you know what, that actually doesn't work. If what you're really fighting against is self-loathing and deep shame. So true. It's so real and so true. And, and you're right. It can be so simple, like just with like your husband telling you, and like you said, you're a complicated adult with lots of feelings. If we just ask our child, Oh, it looks like you're really feeling sad. You know, that's sometimes all they need. And then they're like, yes. And then they run off and they play and then they're, they're fine. But just understanding how they feel and knowing that someone sees them and sees how they feel. And like you said, having a parent that has the same goals to team up with you and just be an accountability partner, but also a support system. And so I love the idea of doing like your parenting classes in pairs where maybe two friends get together and they do it together. I, do I think that's a great recommend idea. That. And I sometimes have, uh, I have, you know, a, I, a, a client of mine who gets her sister-in-law to join and things like that. And it is, it's really, it's really nice. It's actually a very different way of parenting. It's not typically how we be like modified behavior in schools or childcare organizations. It's not how our parents modified our behavior. And so many people along the road of mindful parenting are saying things like, why don't you just do this? Or I can't believe you're putting up with that. Right? Like they're really judgmental of what they see as being like us being too easy on our kids, right? Like we're letting things slide. Um, And there are some units where we do, we talk a lot about like actually the surface behavior that you're seeing is 
unwanted and could be totally disrespectful and even some some cases destructive but that's actually the, a surface right. behavior that's coming from somewhere deep deep inside and that child doesn't even actually know what's under the yes surface. so it's finding the root of what's causing the behavior not dealing Absolutely. with just the behavior by itself love it I love it. Well, lastly, touch on sure. Well, the we uh, we did right, and, and part of the permission part part of that is just having someone to reassure you, and you can do this for yourself. So you can write yourself a sign. I actually had a sign. The kitchen was where I was most easily triggered. I would be making dinner, and I would hear like some sibling rivalry unfolding in the in the craft room, and I would lose <laughs> my mind. And I actually just had to put up a sign that was like, "Stop! You're being triggered." don't say anything, don't do anything, just breathe. And that was the most helpful thing. I now, like that sign came down because I can do that now on my own. I've learned to, yes, I practiced practiced it. it. I've learned how helpful it is. I can bring myself down to a calm space before I go into problem solve. Typically by the time I've done that, whatever problem is unfolding in the craft room is gone, done. They don't need me anyway, right? So that's really helpful. And then reassuring kids can look like one of my favorite phrases, especially in our current, you know, time of uncertainty and, and a time that can be quite anxiety provoking for adults, which trickles down to kids is saying things are different now, but I love you just the same. And kids don't get the idea of like, I love you no matter what they're testing that all their lives, right? They're like, do we really love them no matter what? But it is really cool actually to just sit down with kids and be like, things are really different now. What are you noticing that's different? And then you can maybe point out some age appropriate things that you're noticing that are different, right? All this is different. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. But my love for you has not changed. And neither has our bedtime routine and our mealtime routine and the seasons changing. All of these things are unfolding in a very familiar way. I love you just the same. That's, that right. reassurance is, is really amazing for kids. Um, and then for adults, we get to re- reassure each other with just very simple validations. Don't, you don't have to fix your partner who's struggling because they also feel anxious and uncertain about how the future is going to unfold. We can just say everything you're feeling is totally normal right now. I love you so much and we're right. going to get through it. And if you, if you have anything yes. that you need that I can help you with, I want to reassure you that I'm here for you and I want to help you get your needs met. A lot of times partners don't want to add another burden to us, right? I will say that from, um, a mothering perspective, I sometimes will catch my husband, um, being careful not to add to my plate. Uh, and, and me too, right? right. I'm, I'm holding back asking for something I need, like a time with friends or to be able to take a yoga class because I don't want to add to his plate. And that's actually not helpful. So if we can reassure our partners that, We're there to help them and share the burden, especially if that getting some needs met is actually going to help in the long run, everyone's uh, health and well-being and ability to problem solve. And I'm going to come back into connection, right? If we can help someone to get their needs met, are we going to feel better connected? Yes. 
Yeah, ex- absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how it, it really can be a universal thing. Once you learn these strategies, it can help with all your relationships, absolutely. not just your children. You know, as a mother, you can help with your marriage. It can help with your friends, your coworkers. And I couldn't help but think, you know, having just a background in foster children, I haven't fostered children, but I've mentored them, is the thing that you said can always be uh, relevant to them, even though we're dealing with COVID and it's relevant to us right now. But things are different. Absolutely. But I still love you the same. Like that could be such powerful words to a foster child. And, you know, so I think that your classes could, could just be amazing for foster parents as well. And not just, you know, biological parents. And I think a lot of times foster parents maybe think, oh, if they were my bio kids, it would be easier. But we both know bio kids are just as hard. You know, it's, it's just learning the strategies and our triggers and all of these things can just be so powerful. And I think it's amazing. Well, I know that your classes and, and your packages that you have, they support families and, and change like these old unwanted patterns. And I think a lot of people could benefit from that. And I love that your Facebook community inspires laughter. And it's just been fun to talk to you even before today on the phone. Um, just you're so easy to talk to. And I think you're a great leader and you're an educator, which helps you teach even adults, you know, when you have that educator background, I think it's amazing. So tell people where they can find you on Facebook. And I know you talked about giving a discount for parenting classes to the audience. Will you speak on that just a bit? Probably the easiest place to find all the things is to go to my website, which you can just Google Christine Pedersen sleep specialist and um, my mindful parenting pages will be right there. Uh, so, and of course, if you're struggling with sleep, that can be a major barrier to mindfulness as well. I mean, we just cannot be compassionate with ourselves or anyone else if we're struggling with sleep. So that's always a great place to start. That's a great point. Um, so you can catch, catch up with me on, on Facebook there. And then I'll also share an article with you that, that has a few more, um, suggestions for, parenting during I actually have just titled the article when life spirals out of control because like you said many of these things are I love it for all times of parenting we're in sort of a pressure cooker right now with with COVID but um, that'll be a help helpful article for for you guys and it's also on my my web page and then my mindful parenting class page is there too. So listeners, you can get 50% off of my mindful parenting class with the coupon code love 50. So that's a capital L O V E 50, the number 50. So if you want to jump on and, um, and take the class at half off, this is a great time to do it. Sometimes I think we feel really overwhelmed, um, taking on something else at this time, but I I feel for my clients who have joined me in the past couple of weeks that it has actually been a great relief of worry and fear I could see that. and doubt. Uh, we have a really fun community that's part of the class. Um, so you'll be able to join that when you, when you get your first email welcoming you to the class. And that has been a really spectacular way for parents to just take a deep breath and join a group of very real parents who are not perfect but they're working on doing the day-to-day work 
to become more mindful of their own triggers and to help their kids as well. I think it's great. Well, thank you, Christine. You've been such an, it's been such an honor to talk to you and pick your brilliant mind. And really, I have learned things today that I'm going to apply. And I can't wait to look into your parenting classes. And I just want to urge listeners to not forget to invest in yourself during this time, because I know, especially as moms, we tend to put our needs on the back burner, but investing in yourself, you know, with classes, parenting classes and coaching, it really can change your life. And I know I'm a test, I I have testimony about that as well. And so just, I just urge mamas to just, you know, invest in their, in themselves and to grow their daily life can really change their entire life, you know, in the future. So thank you so much, Christine. It's been an honor to speak to you. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm so honored that um, I I was invited to come and join you and your audience. And I, I look forward to, to continue learning about you and from you, from your, the rest of your podcast episodes. Thank you for sharing all that you do. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. We hope that you're inspired by by our message today on mindful parenting and we hope that you just are sparked with creativity and love and just a little bit of extra excitement today we hope that everyone has 